Pastor John Cannon and the Congregation of Victory Church welcome you to this message from the Word of God. It is our heartfelt desire to see you grow closer to the Lord and to help you become all that He has created you to be. Our prayer is that through this ministry you would come to know Him in a greater way and that these teachings from Scripture would better equip you to fulfill His plan in your life. Now, let's join Pastor John as we study the Word together. Bibles, if you will, please take a copy of God's Word, whether you have a a traditional hard copy or you have a digital copy, whatever it is, wherever you go to, go there. Let's go to the Lord in prayer, okay? Father, we we pause to just thank you for being a great God, and we've certainly enjoyed our time together as a church family today, and we pray that you'd meet every need that needs to be met. You'd encourage every heart that needs encouraging. you meet every sickness and bring healing to those that, that need healing today. And, Father, we pray for your will, that your will be done in all of our lives. And now, Lord, we focus on your word. And I just pray, God, that you would help me to share some of the thoughts that you've laid on my heart pertaining to this passage of Scripture today. And, Father, we're speaking on Christian love one for another. And a lot of times we just say that tongue-in-cheek. We just, we're Christians, we love each other. Well, we don't always practice that. And I just pray, Lord, you help us now to dive into your word and help us to really live out this passage of Scripture. And help me, Lord, to deliver what you've laid on my heart. Uh, Help me to share it in in the very manner that you would have it shared today. And, Father, I pray you speak to all of our hearts and encourage us in your word today. And if there's one here that does not know you as their personal Lord and Savior, my prayer is that today would be the day of salvation for that individual. Maybe there's one here that is just not in a right fellowship with you. Uh, There's just things in their life. They're they're not where they need to be spiritually speaking. And Father, I just pray you speak to that individual today. And Father, I pray you encourage us in your word and and, uh, help us to see and glean from your word and to grow thereby. And our prayer is, as Martin Luther prayed many, many years ago, that the Spirit of God would take the Word of God and make us all more like the Son of God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. First John chapter number 2. Okay, I want you to turn there in your Bibles. We're really going to be looking and, and kind of packing or unpacking and camping out, parking, if you will, in verse number 9, 10, and 11. But I want to go back and read from verse number 3 following. And what John is writing for us, if you remember, John wrote three segments of the Bible. He wrote the Gospel of John, and the Gospel of John was written that men may be converted. Okay? He also wrote the Epistles of John, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd first, second, third John. Those are called the Epistles of John. And he wrote those letters so that men may be confirmed. In other words, so that we would have assurance of our salvation. And then he also wrote the Revelation of John. And he wrote the Revelation of John that men may be comforted. So in studying the Revelation, there's tremendous comfort we can get out of that because when you go to the end of the book, you'll discover that we win, right? In the end. So there's tremendous comfort in that. So I want to unpack a little bit here about how he's writing that men may be confirmed. In other words, that we would have the assurance of our salvation. And there's several different tests that he gives us. 
here in this little passage of Scripture. Now, we're going to be parking in verse 9, 10, and 11. And I'm not sure I'm going to be able to say everything I need to say about those three verses in this one message. So as I was preparing, as I was digging, as I've been studying for many, many hours in this passage of Scripture, what I'm going to give you today is simply my introduction. Okay? Uh, for the, that's going to kind of lay the foundation for this. And I feel like I need to come back next Sunday and dig a little bit deeper. Now, I don't even have that sermon developed yet. I'm still studying in that. I just know there's more that needs to be said than what I'm going to be able to say today in one message. So, being that I am the one in control about what I speak on, I've got my hand on the throttle, and I'm the one that discerns how quickly and how fast we're going to study through 1 John. I'm going to pull back on the throttle just a little bit right here, okay? And we're just going to idle around. You notice I'm using a boating analogy, and, and we're going to bring it back, and we're just going to let the water settle, and we're just going to kind of just motor around a little bit here in this passage of Scripture, because I think it's something that, that first of all, I need. Right? That's right, Jeff. I need this. Okay? This is for me. Um, because you know what it's about? It's about loving each other. Now, I'm not talking about loving everybody and loving the world and just loving people. A lot of times we say that so tongue in Oh, we're Christians. We love everybody. We say that. But the question is, do we really? And we're not even talking about loving the sin. You know how we use, we, we Christians, we're all about these little slogans and these little catchphrases. And we say, you know, love, love the sinner, hate the sin. You know, we say all that kind of stuff all the time, right? right? And, and kind of, we love the unsaved, we love the world, but I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about loving that person that's sitting next to you. And I'm not necessarily talking about husband and wife. I'm talking about other believers in the local church, Okay? Loving one another. Matter of fact, I'm reminded that Jesus said in John 13, he, he told the, those outside the church, he said, look inside the church and you will know that they are my disciples by how they love one another. You know, I have been in church long enough. I've been pastoring for over 25 years now and, and I have been in church and I have pastored long enough to know that in church we get hurt from time to time. Right? And by the way, that's not just in church. I guess we come to church with a little bit higher expectation that we should not get hurt there. We know on our jobs we get hurt, right? We know in our homes and our families we get hurt, right? We know out in the community we get hurt, right? But sometimes when we come to church, we, we think that's a place where we should not get hurt. But to be a realist, we get hurt in church, okay? So the issue then is, how do we handle that hurt? What is our attitude whenever we get hurt by someone in the church? God's Word says that we are to love them. Okay? Now, that's difficult from time to time. Would you agree? I'll be the first one. There are some people that are just hard to love. And, and here's what I've discovered. If God wants to teach you something... He will put you right smack dab in the middle of that something so that you get to choose to do that something that he's wanted to teach you to do. Right? Now, here's what I know. If God wants to teach you to be patient, he's going to put you in situations where you have to be patient. Right? Right? If God wants to teach you to love 
one another, he's going to put you in a situation where the most natural, easiest thing to do is to hate that individual or to not like that individual, right? But he's going to teach you to love them regardless. Are you guys tracking with me? Whatever God is teaching us, I have found that he usually puts us in the opposite situation, right? To get us to react in the way that he should react. So we're going to camp out here a few weeks, maybe today and probably tomorrow or next, next Sunday, mainly because I've needed this, okay? Because sometimes it's easy for me to grit my teeth and sometimes I'd rather punch somebody than love somebody, right? Are you with? I'm just trying to be real, guys. I'm just trying to be transparent and be real. I mean, this is called life, right? And we've got to deal with these things. Well, what does God's Word tell us to do? It tells us we've got to love them, all right? Now, I've, I've got, I'm just trying to preach my introduction, but my introduction to my introduction is getting too long, okay? So I've got to bring this thing back. Whenever we look in this passage of Scripture, there's really three words that, that John unpacks for us and, and that he really camps out in. And if you look, and I think I have them on the screen for you, there are three different words that he uses, and he really takes a passage of the text and deals with these three words. And it's life, and it's love, and it's light. Okay, And he unpacks those for us, and we're going to dig a little bit deeper in those, and he devotes three entire sections of this letter primarily dealing with Christian love and how we are to love one another. As a matter of fact, the Christian way of life or the the walking in the light, as Jesus says that we are to do, involves four different things. First of all, if you'll notice in chapter 1 and verse 5 through 7, it involves fellowship with God and with others. Okay. Now here, if you will, whenever we look at these things here, you can find the test of a disciple. You can see these are the tests of life. These are the things that prove that we are a believer in Jesus Christ. So first of all, you see that we, are we in fellowship with God? And are we in fellowship with others? And he unpacks that for us in verses 5 through 7, and we've pretty much already dealt with that. And then we come to the part in verses 8 through 10 of chapter 1, the whole being aware of our sin and confessing our sins unto God. Okay? And we talked a little bit about that. We spent some time in verses 1 through 6 talking about obeying God's commands. Now, a test of the believer, if you want to see that if, if for sure you are a Christ follower, if for sure you are a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ, simply ask yourself, are you living in obedience to the commands of God? Because I realize that Jesus is not just my Savior, He's my Lord, right? I mean, He's the one that leads me. He's the one that is sovereign in my life. I, I submit to His authority. And whatever He says, I am to be doing, right? So we obey His commands. But another test, if you will, is found in verses 7 down through verse number 11. And here you'll find this test of loving one another. Okay? Loving one another. Another. So that's what we're going to unpack and that's what we're going to glean in. But, but real quickly though, before I do that, by way of introduction to my introduction, let, let me give you this. I want you to look, and I think I have this on the screen. There's three different words I want you to kind of think about as you look at this passage of Scripture. There are the words know, remain, and be. Okay? I want you to look, if you will, in verse number 4. 
Now, these are three things that John says, if you say this, then this, okay? Three different areas here. Look, if you will, in verse number four. The one who says, I have come to know him. Everyone say, know him. The one who says that I have come to know him. Now, question, is that you? Have you said, I've come to know him? I know him. I know Jesus as my Savior. I know the Lord. I have met him. I have given him my life. I know Jesus. Okay, that's what I have come to know him. Get this. Yet doesn't keep his commands is a liar. Okay? So if you say, I know him, then you better be keeping his commands. All right? If you say, I know him, but you are not being faithful to keep his commands, God's word says, don't get offended when I say this, but God's word says that you're a liar. Okay? So that's serious, is it not? For me to profess that I know Jesus, but I am not being obedient to his commands, God says, you're a liar, you don't know me. Right? Now... If we say, I know him, then we need to be obedient to him. Now look in verse number 6. Here we find it again. The one who says he remains in him. Everyone say, remains in him. Everyone say, remains in him. He who says he remains in him should walk as Jesus walked. Now, if I'm saying I know Christ, then I need to be obedient to his commands. If I'm saying I remain in Christ, then I need to be walking as Christ is walking. Question, are you walking like Jesus walked? Are you acting and reacting like Jesus acted and reacted? Now, that's hard to live up to, right? He's the sinless son of God, right? We are man, but... That is what we should be striving to do, to abide in Christ, to remain in Christ, to take up our abode in Him means that every single day of my life that I am going to strive to walk as Jesus walked. Are you with me? There's another one. Look in verse number 9. This leads into our text. The one who says... He is in the light. Everyone say light. Light. The one who says, there's three things we're saying. This is the test of the believer to see if you really are a Christ follower. If you know him, you're going to obey him. If you remain in Christ, you're going to walk as he walked. And then if you're going to be in the light, he is in the light, if if you will, in verse number 9. But hates his brother is in darkness until now. So if we're going to be... In the light, we must learn to love one another. Okay? That's where I'm going to pull the throttle back and park. And we're just going to drop the anchor here. And we're going to spend a little bit of time today and all of next Sunday talking about that. Look in verse number 9. The one who says he is in the light but hates his brother is in the darkness until now. The one who loves his brother remains in the light, and there is no cause for stumbling in him. Verse 11. 
But the one who hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in the darkness and doesn't know where he's going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. Here is a contrast between light and darkness. It's the contrast between love and hate. And, and the Bible says if we say that we love Christ or we are abiding in Christ and we are walking in the light of Christ, but yet we hate somebody, then the Bible says you aren't in Christ at all. You are walking in darkness because light and hatred cannot abide together. Are you with me? So whatever it is that's going on in your life, you're going to have to get over it with the help of the Holy Spirit. And you're going to have to seek forgiveness for it. And you're going to have to seek God's help in it. And you're going to have to get God's strength for it. And you're going to have to forgive that other person, whoever it is, for whatever they've done. Whether they forgive you or not. Whether they even reconcile the relationship or not. In your heart, you must let it go. Amen? Are you with me? Now, I said that for me. But you've got to let it go. Okay? Everybody say, let it go. You've got to let it go. And you've got to forgive. Now, I didn't say forget. I don't know that you'll ever forget. I mean, I've got situations in my life where I've been hurt deeply. I never forget it. I think about it every single day. And Satan is sure that I think about it. He brings it up. He shoots that fiery dart in me all the time. And he does the same thing for you. But what we've got to do, if we're saying that I abide in Christ, I am in Christ Jesus, I am in the light of Christ, that I cannot be walking and acting like I'm in the darkness and hating one another. So you cannot hate, get this, you cannot hate another believer and be a true believer yourself. Are you with me? So all I'm going to give you today are some thoughts. I've been thinking about this because sometimes I've enjoyed, now you're going to, you're going to think I'm a horrible man, but sometimes I have enjoyed basking in the hatred for someone. I don't know, somehow, somehow it seems I got pleasure out of that. Right? Now don't look at me like a bullfrog in the hellstorm. Okay? Because you just can't believe I said it. Do you guys remember the episode, and this is going to date some of you, you remember the episode of Gilligan's Island where the professor came up with this solution that if you drank this solution then you would know the thoughts of everyone on the island? You guys remember that episode? You remember that episode? And I thought, man, what a great thing. And then, then it was total chaos on the island. Everybody couldn't believe they were thinking these other... You see, I just said what I was thinking. You probably thought that many times yourself. Sometimes we justify the hatred that we have for someone. Are you with me? And then sometimes we just feed on that and we feed on that and we justify it and we justify it. And, and then there comes a point where sometimes we get pleasure out of it. Right? But God doesn't take pleasure in that. Matter of fact, that's the flesh. That's the carnal flesh that rises up. And Paul said, I crucify the flesh daily. So the Apostle Paul, which is the greatest preacher that ever walked the face of the earth other than the Lord Jesus Christ himself said that he had to crucify his 
flesh daily. Why? Do you think the Apostle Paul had some hurt? Do you think the Apostle Paul had some feelings of possibly hatred that sprung up from time to time by the way he was persecuted or not received like he thought he should have been received or the individuals had intentionally set out to hurt him or harm him? Do you think he battled with these things? Yeah, he did. Sometimes, hold on with me, guys. Call time out right here. Sometimes whenever we read the Bible, we, we try to think these are kind of just spiritual fairies that are just kind of floating around and, and they don't really have human carnal thoughts or reactions or feelings. But, but they do. They're just real people. Right? But he gave us some instruction on how to handle this. He gave us some instruction on how to do this. So today, man, I, I actually pinned down about 15 thoughts that I had about this. And today, this is just by way of introduction. We're going to dig a little bit deeper in this next week. But I want to share with you about six thoughts that I have pertaining to this. Okay? And it's found in verses 9, 10, and verse number 11. Thought number one. Throw it up on the board. Oh, it's already there. Thoughts concerning Christian love. Here's number one and what I want you to see. It's easy to talk about it, but it's much more difficult to practice. Say amen. You there? I mean, I'm not telling you to say amen. I'm asking. Would you say amen to that? I have found it's easy to... Love you, brother. Man, that's so easy to say, isn't it? We, we say, you know, we're Christians. And I said this a little bit in my prayer a while ago because it's what I've been thinking about. We're Christians and it's so easy for Christians. Yeah, we just love everybody. We say that and it's so tongue-in-cheek, but the reality of it is that oftentimes we don't love everybody. Right? You mean, there, there are some folks that sometimes we have an attitude about them people. You with me? There are some folks that we're like, mm-mm, God, God bless them and bless them, but God, you give them what they deserve. Is that the right prayer to be praying? Sometimes I don't think it is. It's easy to talk about loving one another. It's far more difficult to practice that. You see, that's one of the reasons why we all need to be connected to a local church. Because how in the world are you going to love the brethren? How are you going to love your brothers and sisters in Christ if you're not spending time together with your brothers and sisters in Christ? How in the world are you going to love fellow believers if you're not interacting with fellow believers on a regular basis? How in the world can you really come to love somebody that you don't know? Right? Sometimes I think that may be easier. Just stay at home and watch the TV preacher, right? But then I'm going to find fault with him or my dog or something running around the house. I'm going to find somebody to get upset about, right? I think that's one of the reasons God wants us to come together because he wants to teach us how to love one another. He wants to teach us how to serve one another. And he wants to teach us how to overcome the hurts, whether they're intentional or unintentional. He wants to teach us how to mend broken relationships. Right? And really the only way we can do that is within the local Church. So I, I can't say much about this. We'll never get through these. But number one, it's easy to talk about. That's just what I wrote in my notes. It's easy to say, I love somebody. But it's a lot harder to practice true Christian love. Now, I'm not talking about to that individual that shows you that they love you all the time. It's easy to love somebody that's loving you. Right? I'm talking about loving someone that may have hurt you. I'm talking about loving someone that may be unlovable. 
Maybe they've done nothing to you, but they, they're just kind of honoring Right? I don't know a better word to use, but it's easy to talk about, a little bit harder to practice. Number two, just another thought. When we practice Christian love, here's what I want you to see. Our life, our life gets brighter and brighter. Why? Because we move closer to God. When we start practicing this, the result is that we're going to be walking more and more in the light of Jesus and we're getting closer to God and the path and our life is being more and more illuminated than it is when we're back here teetering whether we're going to walk in hatred or, or love, whether we're going to walk in the light or in darkness. But if we choose to walk more in love, our lives are going to get brighter. People are going to see more of Jesus in you, right? You're, you're going to feel better about who you are as a believer and a Christian, there, there's going to be a sense of freedom that almost kind of floods your soul and, and, and that releases you. And I'll say more about that in just a moment. But whenever we practice this, this Christian love, our life gets brighter and brighter. Why? Because hatred brings darkness. Everybody say that. Hatred brings darkness. Say it again. Hatred brings darkness. Yeah. And so if you want to walk in the light, then we must learn how to love. To love. You see, whenever Christian love flows out of our life, we have a greater understanding, we have a greater perception of spiritual things. But whenever our life is filled with hatred, what happens is we start getting blinded to the spiritual things of, of Christ, the spiritual things of God's Word. We have a difficult time understanding God's Word because we're walking in the darkness. But whenever we learn to love one another, and whenever we learn to practice this Christian love, we're starting out to walk in the light, and our perception of spiritual things is much brighter. Our understanding of Scripture and spiritual things is much greater because we're walking closer to Jesus. Just a thought. Another thought. Here's number three. Get this one. By the way, if you want these notes, I'll be glad to email them to you in case you can't write all these down. Thought number three is this. <laughs> Does this mean then... If you dislike someone, particularly another brother or sister in Christ, then you aren't a Christian? Well, it's kind of a trick question. No, you're still a Christian. Okay? Me being a Christian is not based off whether I love a Christian brother or sister or not. Right? Right? What is, what is us being a Christian based off of? What Christ did on the cross, Right? It's our faith in Him. It's not based on our good works. It's, it's not like we have a big scale and, and if we have enough good we, that I can outweigh the bad, then God one day will judge us and put us on that scale. And as long as the scales tip to the good side, then all is well. No, we're not judged that way as far as our salvation is concerned. Our salvation is in the person of Jesus Christ, and that's it. Right? So does it mean if you dislike someone that you aren't a Christian? I don't believe these verses are talking about disliking a disagreeable Christian. There will always be people... Hello. That had some authority behind it. Put, put that reverb or whatever that was again there. There will always be people... Get this. Now this is what I pinned down here. I hope you'll hear it out before you cast judgment on it. There will always be people that we just will not like as well as others. 
there's, there's people that just kind of fit in your world easier and better than others. But there's no room for us to hate those others. We are to love them as much as we love anybody else. We are to serve them as much as we would serve anyone else. Listen, there, would you agree? Would you agree with me? These are just random thoughts, okay? Would, would you agree with me that there are disagreeable believers in the world today? Would you agree with me that there are believers in the world today that love to do nothing more than just argue or nitpick or, or find something to get upset about or push their way or, or have their own agenda or just be unlikable? Are there unlikable believers in the church today? Yes or no? Yeah, there really are, right? I don't think we have any, but in other churches, they're full of them. Right? right. So we have these types of people. I think what John is focusing on here, this whole loving our brother, he's really focusing on our attitude. He's focusing on the attitude that causes us to ignore some people. He's talking about the attitude that causes us to despise some people. Have you ever seen that? Unfortunately, I have. Unfortunately, I've been the recipient of some of that. Unfortunately, sometimes even in the churches that I've pastored, by the way, I've only pastored three, and sometimes even in this church I've been the recipient of that. Somebody get a burr under their saddle about me, and I walk in the group, and it's cold, and I get a shoulder, and nobody wants me to be around. Or I see them at the grocery store. We get this all the time. My wife and I be at the grocery store, and we go, we just see, happy we love Jesus, getting the groceries. We see somebody, they saw us and turned around and went the other way. I'm like, Really? Yeah. <laughs> really? So the whole idea is this attitude. This attitude that causes us to ignore or despise other people. This attitude that causes us to treat others as irritants or to treat others as competitors or to treat others as enemies. That's the attitude I think John is referencing here. And guys, we've got to be careful that we don't have that attitude. Right? We've got to guard against that. We're all believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. And we need to love each other and love one another. And we need to be dead level sure that we do not allow little cliques to develop. Now, there's going to be, there's going to be groups of people that get together simply because they just mesh better than, than other groups. And that's okay. But don't get so closed off that you have an attitude towards anybody else that may try to befriend you. Are you with me? You guys understand what I'm saying without me saying much more there? You got it? So does it mean that if you dislike someone that you are not a Christian? No. Let me give you another thought. Thought number four. Get this one. Christian love is not a feeling, but a choice. You see, you get to choose to love a brother or sister in Christ. It's not something that just comes over you. Oh, I just, I don't know what, I don't, you know, I've heard people say, I don't know what it is about him or her, but I just love them. Right? The love I'm talking about is not some feeling that just comes over you. The love I'm talking about is a, is a choice that I choose to make. That I am going to love you whether you love me or not. 
I am going to love you whether you like me or not. I am going to show you that I love you regardless of what you may intentionally be trying to do to me. You may be trying to destroy me, but I am going to love you. You may be my number one enemy, but I am going to love you. Did Jesus do that? Can you give me, can you give me a situation in a case where possibly he did? I, I'm thinking of one in particular. You remember when Jesus was in the garden? You remember? And who came up to him? Who betrayed him? Talk to me. Who? You remember when he came up and he kissed him on the cheek? Who was that? Judas. Betrayed him for what? 30 pieces of silver, right? He betrayed the Lord. And he had this following of these men that were going to take Jesus captive, but they, but they had to identify which one was Jesus. And, and so Judas said, he'll be the one that I go up and kiss on the cheek. That's the man. Grab him. Take him away. All right? And so Judas comes into the presence of the Lord. Question, did Jesus know what Judas was about to do? Yeah, he did. Did Jesus know that Judas had already betrayed him and that Judas really had turned to be an enemy of himself and what he was trying to... Yeah, he already knew that. But as soon as he sees Judas, what did he say? Here comes my enemy. Here comes that guy that's betraying me. Here comes the thorn in my flesh. Lord knows we all have one. (laughs) No, he didn't say those things. He reached out to him with compassion... And depending on what translation, I haven't studied it in all the translations, but what I grew up studying was the King James Bible. In the King James Bible, he calls him, one word, he calls him friend. As soon as he sees Judas, which he knows has ill intent towards him, is betraying him, has ill feelings towards him, is already rejecting his message and trying to attack him, as soon as he sees him, he calls him friend. That's the attitude I'm talking we're to have, right? That's the attitude I'm talking that we're to have. It's a choice that we choose to love someone. Number five, or thought number five is this. And you see this in verse number 10. Here's what I want you to get. Hatred, whenever we walk in hatred or whenever we have hatred towards someone... I want you to see, whenever we have hatred, what we're really doing, we're building some internal stumbling blocks for ourselves. You're really hurting yourself, really more than you're hurting the other individual. You're incarcerating your soul, you're, 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 you're blocking, if you will, the light of the Lord Jesus Christ in your life. You're choosing now to walk on the darker side and you're creating these spiritual stumbling blocks that can be very dangerous and very detrimental to who you are as a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ as a child of God. Hatred builds internal stumbling blocks. Look in verse number 10. The one who loves his brother remains in the light and there is no Calls for stumbling in him. Verse number 10 reveals the the marvelous, wonderful result of a life of a Christian who is walking in the light of Christ. It says, the one who loves his brother remains or abides in the light. And there is no cause for stumbling in him. 
Now there's nothing because he loves his brother. He's walking in the light. There's nothing in him now that's going to cause him to stumble and make shipwreck of his own faith. Because he has released that. Hatred is a kind of internal stumbling block which can lead to a disastrous spiritual failure in your life. So if we want to overcome that, then we've got to learn to love. Even those that are unlovable and those that may be trying to hurt us intentionally. I read after Martin Luther, and this is what Martin Luther warns us of the danger of this type of hatred. And sometimes we justify it and we get retribution toward those who harm us. But Martin Luther says this, and it's a quote by Martin Luther. I want you to look what it says. It says, see to it that he who hurts you, this is good. See to it that he who hurts you does not cause you to become evil like him. For he is the victor who changes another man to become like himself while he himself remains unchanged. Wow. Let that sink in. I love reading after Martin Luther. You, I quote his prayers often. You need to read about, just read Martin Luther. Get some of his stuff and read it. See to it that he who hurts you does not cause you to become evil like him. Because he, who's the, he is the victor who has changed you to become like him, but he himself is unwilling to be changed. Wow. Don't let them win. What's the way you don't let them win? You love them. Now, your motive's got to be pure, right? You got to be careful about your motive. I'm going to love them because I don't want them to be... No, your motive's got to be pure the way you love them. Let me give you my last one and I'm done. Thought number six is this. A believer walking in hatred and darkness is a cause for stumbling for other believers. Now, we talked about hatred causing internal stumbling blocks in your own spiritual journey. But whenever we're walking in the darkness and we're not walking in the light, whenever we have hatred towards other believers in the body of Christ, not only are you hurting yourself, but you're also causing other people to stumble over the way that you are acting or reacting over a certain situation or the words that you may be saying. You see, it's bad enough. When an unloving believer hurts himself. But it's even worse whenever he starts hurting others by his actions. It's serious to walk in darkness. It's dangerous to walk in darkness. There's stumbling blocks all along the way. And an unloving brother, he stumbles himself. And in addition, he causes other people to stumble because they're watching his life. I want to close with this illustration. There was a man that was walking in the darkness one night and he looked ahead and he saw a pinpoint of a light that was just all over the place. And he thought, this light that's coming to me must be either someone that's sick or someone that's drunk or what is it? And he got a little closer and he saw that it was a blind man. It was a blind man that was carrying a flashlight and had his white cane and He's feeling his way, and he was kind of all over the place with his life. Well, the guy that saw this thought, well, why in the world does this blind man carry a flashlight? He can't see anyway. 
What does he need a flashlight for? So as he was thinking that, he thought, well, I'm just going to ask him. So he got a little closer to him and he said, sir, excuse me. I notice that you're blind. I know you have the cane. And, but why? I'm bewildered at why you would carry a flashlight. Here's what he said. I carry my light not so I can see, but so that others can see me. I cannot help being blind, but I can help being a stumbling block. Now you need to let that sink in. Guys, we need to be walking in the light of the Lord Jesus Christ. And whenever we walk in hatred towards another brother or sister in Christ, we're causing them to stumble. You see, you cannot control how people treat you. You cannot control what people say about you. You cannot control whether people love you or not. But you can control what you do. And love is a choice. Listen, I've said this numerous times in my ministry. I'll continue saying it all the way to my grave. God never commands us to do anything that we cannot will to do. Right? He tells us that we are to love our brothers. And I know and you know that there are some people that are just simply unlovable for whatever reason. We can't help what other people do. That's between them and God. But I can help what I do. And I can choose to walk in the light of Jesus Christ and not in the darkness of my hatred towards another brother or sister in Christ. So the final point is this. It's the last slide I believe I have for you. Is this. Love makes us stepping blocks. Hatred makes us stumbling blocks. So, are you a stepping stone? Or are you a stumbling stone? Every head bowed, every eye closed. The very best way to help other Christians not stumble is to love them. The very best way to help you not stumble in your walk with the Lord is to love other believers. Love makes us stepping stones. I believe it's important for every single one of us to evaluate this in our own life. John is saying, in verse number 9, the one who says he is in the light but hates his brother is in the darkness even until now. Father... What a passage of Scripture. And God, this really hits us right in the middle of the road. I mean, this is where we live. And God, we have different situations and circumstances that come up that, that causes us to sometimes not show love one to another. God, I pray you forgive us of that. Pray, dear God, that, that you help us. That you help us overcome. Oftentimes this darkness that we may walk in. Help us overcome this hatred that sometimes we, we may have towards other believers. God, I know all of our circumstances are different. But I do know that in life there are difficult people to love. 
And Lord, I just pray that that you help us to love as you loved. That you help us to forgive as you forgave. That you help us to walk in the light and not in the darkness. The Bible says if we are going to be in Christ Jesus, walking in the light, then we must love one another. Help us, God, in this area. This is something, Lord, that we can only do with your help. And I know we all have circumstances and people in our lives that, for whatever reason, they choose not to love us or like us or even acknowledge that we're even in their presence. But help us not to stoop to their level. Help us to love them so that we do not build these internal stumbling blocks in our own spiritual walk and so we also do not cause other people to stumble in our actions and our reactions. Help us to take the high road. And God, we can only do that with your help and by your strength. I don't know where you are in your walk with the Lord today or how this message may or may not even affected you today. But I do know this. If you choose to live in the hurt then it grows into bitterness in your own life and you allow hatred to start festering. You're hurting yourself. What you've got to do, you've got to turn it over to Jesus. You've got to say, Lord, I do not like walking in the darkness. I don't like this dark cloud that's over me in this particular situation or this particular circumstance or this particular environment. Just give it to Him. So I don't know what you may or may not be struggling with today, but I want to help you. I want to pray with you. So allow me to do that right now. Father, for each one that's here today, I just pray, God, that that You would help us to overcome these dark places in our life. Help us to overcome what Satan wants us to do so much, and that's to hate another brother or, Christ, or brother or sister in Christ. And God, sometimes we can even justify why possibly we can hate them. But your word plainly teaches that we cannot. That we must love. We must forgive. We must walk in the light. Father, help us to do that even now. God, we cannot do this by ourselves. We need your strength. We need your presence. We need the power of the Holy Spirit in order to be able to do this. Right now, we call on you in those situations in our life. We pray that the Holy Spirit would come into our hearts and cast out, remove the dark clouds that are there, the darkness that is there, the hurt, the anger, the the bitterness that may be there. Help us to release that. Help us to give that over to you. Help us to walk in the newness of the Lord Jesus Christ and the light of the gospel and not in the darkness of the world. Help us to choose to love one another. 
God, we need you. We can't do this by ourselves. Well, thank you for joining us for this message from the Word of God. We know that the truth you have just heard will change your life if you believe it and intentionally apply it. If you need someone to pray with or maybe you just want someone to talk to, please call us at 618-622-9360. That's 618-622-9360. Or you can email us at victory at victorychurchonline.net. If you're interested in obtaining more teaching materials, or if you'd like to partner with us in this ministry, please contact us. You can email or call, or send a request to 715 Lake Point Center, Suite 109, O'Fallon, Illinois, 62269. Come and check us out on the web at www.victorychurchonline.net. And again, we thank you and are glad you could join us.